If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. It is time for the best time of the week. Well, look, we still have we still have Rob Smith coming up 30 minutes from now. He's he's a contributor to the first. He also has a very, very, very interesting perspective on the current divide of the country and can it be healed? Can we heal that divide? So I'm looking forward to talking to Rob about that. That's about 30 minutes from now. I know you enjoyed the show so far. If you haven't, if you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a review talking about how handsome I am. Also, you can email the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's time for Medal of Honor Monday. And for you new listeners, this is what Medal of Honor Monday is. Every single Monday at this exact time in the show, we simply take a Medal of Honor citation. They're all online for free. Anyone, including you, can access them for free. Whenever someone wins a Medal of Honor, they create a citation. Basically, it's just a document that that explains what they did. And we take a Medal of Honor citation every Monday, and we read it. These men earn the Medal of Honor. Unless we continue to read these out loud so people can hear them, so they can hear about these men, so they can hear about these deeds, people forget. 
And they should never forget this. And we should make sure these are the men we hold up as the cultural leaders of our society, not all the filth we do now. Culture is not complicated at all. Culture is simply what your society incentivizes and what your society disincentivizes. We need a lot more of this. And I do mean we need a lot more of this. A lot more of Mr. Alan J. Kellogg. And we do take recommendations, by the way. Happy to do those. Someone emailed in and said, hey, Jesse, I'm a fellow Marine. Hurrah and Semper Fi. I'd love for you to read the citation for Alan Kellogg Jr. When I was enlisted, I was stationed in Hawaii with the 3rd Marine Regiment. It says at the time it was the largest infantry regiment in the Marines. We had to. Or we... Largest... I think he messed that up. Anyway, look, he's a Marine. Cut him some slack. (laughs) Regimental Sergeant Major, who earned the Congressional Medal of Honor in Vietnam in 1970. Everyone was afraid of him, but I worked in the motor pool, so I had no no reason to be afraid of meeting him unless I did something wrong. I was a mechanic, but I had a license for manwide for to do to work on different vehicles. Then one Friday afternoon, I was voluntold, I love that, I had to check out a civilian car from the base motor pool and take him to Camp Smith the next morning for a RIMPAC meeting. I'm not going to go into all the acronyms. He had a meeting, all right? The uniform of the day was summer service Charlies with ribbons and badges. Just know that they give you out a uni- You have a uniform assignment every day. There are a bunch of different uniform assignments. All right. This is a specific one. You have a bunch of different uniforms and every day they tell you what to wear. All right. When I picked him up, I was prepared for a dinner salad on his chest, but he only wore one ribbon and not one badge. That Congressional Medal of Honor ribbon got a lot of attention, and I saw him receive a lot of salutes from officers. Again, pause for people who don't know. Enlisted men do not get saluted ever, ever. Only officers get saluted. Unless you win the Congressional Medal of Honor, then everybody has to salute you. It's hilarious. It made me laugh. Anyway... He was such a great person, and he taught me a lot about wartime and gave me an idea of what to expect in conventional war. He was so easy to get along with. After that day, anytime him or the regimental CO, that's a commanding officer, needed a driver, they would request me, and I learned so much from them both and can't say enough good things about them. Thank you in advance. Feel free to use my name. His name is Joe S. And without further ado, here's the Medal of Honor citation for a Staff Sergeant Alan J. Kellogg, Jr. He got this in Vietnam, March 11th, 1970. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a platoon sergeant with Company G, in connection with combat operations against the enemy on the night of the 11th of March, 1970. Under the leadership of Gunnery Sergeant Kellogg, a small unit from Company G was evacuating a fallen comrade when the unit came under heavy volume of small arms and automatic weapons fire from a numerically superior enemy force occupying well-concealed emplacements in the surrounding jungle. During the ensuing fierce engagement, An enemy soldier managed to maneuver through the dense foliage to position near the Marines and hurl a hand grenade in their midst, which glanced off the chest of Gunnery Sergeant Kellogg. 
Quick to act, he forced the grenade into the mud in which he was standing, threw himself over the lethal weapon, and absorbed the full effects of its detonation with his body, thereby preventing serious injury or possible death to several of his fellow Marines. Although suffering multiple injuries to his chest and right shoulder and arm, Gunnery Sergeant Kellogg resolutely continued to direct the efforts of his men until all were able to maneuver to relative safety of the company perimeter. By his heroic and decisive action in risking his life to save the lives of his comrades, Gunnery Sergeant Kellogg reflected the highest credit upon himself and upheld the finest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service. That is amazing. Not, uh, th look, there are a lot of Medal of Honor citations out there for guys who jumped on a grenade to save their buddies. Almost all of them died. Obviously, the mud played a big part in this and it absorbed the blast, but that takes... Look, obviously, you don't have time to think if something like that happens, but that takes a unique level of guts to just throw your body on a grenade and I salute him for it. All right, now back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Why do I want Donald Trump to have a primary, a heavy primary? It's not because I'm against Trump. I like Trump. I like heavy D. I like Cruz. It's because this Donald Trump, this Donald Trump has spent too much time now at Mar-a-Lago. Maybe he's getting up there in years. Spent too much time now, past couple years, surrounded by people who tell him what he wants to hear. This Donald Trump is not going to save the country, and we need to save the country. Woody Johnson, a great gentleman. You ever hear of Johnson & Johnson? He owns the place. I tell you what, this guy's got cash like nobody's got cash. Johnson & Johnson, his incredible wife, Suzanne Johnson, whose family is very, very close and she comes from ukraine so she's uh she has a little bit of a hard time it's not that i think donald trump has all of a sudden completely lost it and lost touch and it's over and i unlike several of my friends i don't just chuck him out with the trash oh he's done he's used up i don't know that maybe he is i don't know that you don't know that maybe you're done with him i look i think we simply need a competition I know that a Donald Trump who is given a coronation, you know, look, as, of, as it stands right now, the word is that the other major potential primary candidates really won't get in if Trump gets in because they think he'll win. And I think he'll win, too. He's by far the most popular Republican in the country. But if all we have is Donald Trump and three or four total rhino losers that jump in, Donald Trump doesn't have to compete. And if Donald Trump doesn't have to compete, he's going to stay at Mar-a-Lago, he's going to golf with celebrities, he's going to be surrounded with sycophants, and he's going to get out of touch even further. And Donald Trump has never been out of touch. He's been in touch. He's been on message. Donald Trump introducing the owner of Johnson & Johnson and bragging about how much money he has? That is not the Donald Trump I've known, and that's not the Donald Trump you've known. That Donald Trump is out of touch. We can't have an out-of-touch Donald Trump. We're up against forces of evil. We're up against things like this 
We don't have time for out of touch and out of it. My kids from last year are now in fifth grade and they come visit me almost every day after school. And a lot of them are queer because I am queer. And so, and they figured it out. And so I've become their safe space. These kids, I'm so happy that they are figuring out who they are and that they're happy with who they are and that they found a safe place. But man, I could never imagine being in fifth grade saying these things out loud, even though I know they're all, all okay. I grew up super religious where nothing was okay. And so seeing this happen, I'm like, ah! But I'm always like, yay! But ah! That's what we're up against. We don't have time. We don't have time for distractions. We don't have time for aloof and out of touch. We have a country to save here. We have a country to save, and right now, we're in deep trouble. Look, I mean, it's that. Either we, either we field somebody who's ready to take on the Leviathan, or we get four more years of this. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> oh, gosh, Joe Biden. All right, I've been neglectful. I haven't gotten to a single email. I'm going to get to some emails next. Somebody actually wants to discuss this whole why they're so adamant about all the abortion stuff. We'll get to that in a second. Before we get to that, though, I'm not going to see the new Marvel movie, the new Doctor Strange movie. You're probably not either because that's Disney. And I've resolved as many Marvel movies as I've seen. And look, my kids love them. I love taking my kids to them. It's something we've always done. And I won't go see this. I'm going to be better about putting my money where my morals are. Are you... Okay, good. Where do you have your cell phone service? Are you sending your cell phone money every month to Verizon? To AT&T? Are you sending your cell phone money every month to T-Mobile? I don't I don't even want you I don't even want you to take my word for it. Go look online and look what T-Mobile thinks about you and your values. Switch to Pure Talk. They love you and your values. And when you dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, you save an additional 50% off your first month. That's on top of the average $800 a year the average family saves. Dial pound 250, say Jesse Kelly, switch to Pure Talk. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. The Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, it feels so good to be here on a Monday. Look, look, it's not that it's not that I don't enjoy weekends. Sometimes, sometimes so much stuff piles up that I want to get back to work. Let's get to some emails here. Let's get to some emails first. Dr. Kelly, that black or Mexican guy filling in on Wednesday has a really cool voice. Since journalist Kelly can't uh, apparently can't use a deep voice, you should recruit him to help. Okay, one. It's James T. Harris. He's my buddy. He's black. Most definitely black. Most most definitely not Mexican, too. I don't know what you're talking about with the whole journalist Jesse can't get a deep voice thing. This isn't me. These were other fans. These are all the fans of the show that came together to make this. It's journalist Jesse. There's just no one better. We love Jesse. He's the best. Jesse, please kiss my baby. Jesse, Jesse. I don't know why you think that's me. Anyway, the guy goes on. He says, I don't know. um, I don't understand why the commies are so dedicated to abortion. Why is this where they draw the line in the sand? Says I can use his name. His name is Marty. 
And obviously he's talking about the insane reaction we've seen to the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade. Remember, Roe versus Wade isn't even, it's not even overturned. It's not, one, it's not overturned. Two, even if it does get overturned, it simply leaves the question of abortion to the states where they should then ban it. But that's, that's beside the point. None of these things have happened yet. So why are they freaking out? Why are they so dedicated to it? Well, there are a couple there are a couple aspects to this and we need to talk about this. One. Remember this. They're called anti-humans by me and other communists or other anti-communists for a reason. When you're a communist, when you believe what the communist believes, and we have uh, that's basically the entire Democratic Party now in America, the entire that, that's what they are. When you believe what the communist believes, you do believe you are doing good. You believe you believe your religion is a good religion. Just stay with me, and you believe you believe it's a good religion for humanity, for all of humanity. For the world, for mankind, you hear these words all the time. We're going to help the world. Let's help mankind. But here's the thing. When you believe you're doing good on behalf of the world, the future, mankind, lofty, big, broad terms like that, when you believe that, you don't place any value on the life of the individual. And because they remember, it's a religion. It's not, it's not a political ideology. It's a religion. So there's no other religious founding to it at all. Not that you have to have a religious founding, but you have to understand the communists, they have one, and it's communism. So they don't believe every individual soul like you. They don't believe you're a unique individual created by God. No, we're all just, you're just a cog in the wheel. I'm out to help humanity. Don't you know communism will help humanity? Look, if Bob in St. Louis has to go, then Bob in St. Louis has to go. It's because it's for humanity, right? It's the greater good. This is all going to tie back to abortion. Hang with me. You realize, you realize how young communism is, right? And I understand Karl Marx invented it in the 1800s. I get all that, but... Communism being implemented didn't happen until right around 100 years ago, just a little bit more than 100 years ago. Do you realize how many people communism has killed? A staggering, staggering body count. They say 100 million. That's the normal thing people throw out. Communism's killed 100 million people. I don't know where they get that number. Communism has killed way more than 100 million people. By my count, it's probably closer to 120, 130 in, in 100 years. It's amazing, right? Well, at its core, when it doesn't care for human beings themselves, then everything, everything is on the table when you're, when you're fighting for humanity. Remember, it's all about humanity. We're fighting for humanity here. It's all about humanity for them. Well, what wouldn't you do to save humanity if you didn't believe human beings were individual souls? How easy is it to take an unborn baby in its mother's womb and simply carve it up like a Thanksgiving turkey and suck it out, out of there when you believe you're working on behalf of the greater good? 
when you're working on behalf of the, you're on a mission for your God. Remember, we, we can never fully understand the communists until we understand they're on a mission for their God. They're on a mission for their God. They're not Democrats. They're not on the left. It's not a political ideology. And people on the right will say this, and I understand where you're coming from. It's not a, quote, cult. I hear that a lot. Cult. Cult makes it sound some like some kind of small little niche thing, right? Some kind of wacko dude has some harem of 20 women in Southern California. They're, they're getting ready to drink, to drink Kool-Aid. No, we are talking about a worldwide religion aimed at the conquest of the world and aimed really more, to be more specific, aimed at the destruction of the whole world. Because the communist believes the world itself, the world order, the way things are, it believes these things are evil and these things have to be torn down so the world can be rebuilt. That's why it's so destructive and that's why they destroy things that you haven't even cared about, that you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even occur to you. Things that wouldn't even go into your head. The communist is all for destroying them and you wake up and you think, wait, what? Why are they... Why are they taking Aunt Jemima off the bottles of uh, of syrup? I, I don't I don't understand. Of course you don't understand. You're not a communist. You don't wake up with conquest and destruction on your mind. They do. So that's part of it. Remember, always remember, they are anti-humans. They're anti-humans. I, I've brought it up before. My friend Daryl Cooper with his great Martyr Maid podcast has a brutal four-hour episode on communists and their atrocities. And what did he call it? The anti-humans. It's what they are. But there is another part of this reaction we've seen, this visceral, nasty reaction we've seen to the, to, to the potential of Roe versus Wade getting overturned. There's another part of this. And I'm going to explain in just a second. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now is the host of Can't Cancel, Rob Smith. Rob Smith. Okay, Rob, first and foremost, there are protests in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices. The Biden administration refused to condemn it, then kind of came out and half condemned it. I'm not shocked by that. What I am shocked by is that people on the right are shocked. We are always shocked that these people are vicious, vile monsters. Why don't we just accept it? You know, I, I think that people on our side won't accept it because we want to we want to believe in the fundamental good of people, right? There are a lot of people on the right and the conservative movement that just say, you know, let's just be rational, let's be calm, let's be thought out, and they do not realize that we are dealing with um, people that are irrational, people that are overly emotional, people that will do absolutely any and everything to push their agenda. So I think that is why Republicans continue to act shocked when we see the things like this that are happening, when we see these sort of fundamental erosions of the norms that we have as Americans. I mean, it's completely ridiculous, but this is where we are. And you got to understand, Jesse, too, and and kind of what I like about um, how you use your platform and the things that you say is that you are hypercritical of a lot of people on the right because – There are a lot of people who have a vested interest in just keeping things the way they are, not really standing up to these people and not really changing anything, because as long as they're going to, you know, the diplomat in Washington, D.C., as long as they're fundraising, as long as they're living their life, they fundamentally just don't really care. Right. And and that goes for a lot of the people um, that are in sort of the bigger positions of power, I I think, on the right. Rob, do we have a patriotism problem on the right, though? Because, I mean, we, we talk about these things because we care about the country and we get yeah. frustrated our leadership won't talk about these things because you just pointed out they're only interested in guarding their own little sweetheart thing, whatever they have. Do they not love the country? Are they just pretending? 
No, I don't. I think that they do love the country. I don't think that they're pretending. There's not a patriotism issue, Jesse. There is a courage deficit yeah. among the leadership of the Republican Party. There is a courage deficit among a, a lot of even sort of the top commentators. There's a courage deficit among the people that have the most power because it, it's like it's like this, Jesse. When the left is in power, they're in power and they wield it. And even when the right is in power, even when you do have these powerful people, they are afraid to make the left angry. They're afraid that the left is going to call them racist or homophobic or misogynistic or, or any of the things that the left says in order to silence people on the right. So there's way too many people that have way too much power on the Republican side that are afraid to wield it, that are afraid to say the things that truly need to be said. Rob, we have a courage problem, as you just pointed out, on the right. But that doesn't make sense to me because we are, I mean, for, for lack of a better way to put it, we are right. We are fighting for the right things. I mean, we're, look, the kids have been all over the news with all this creepy stuff going on in schools. Why doesn't that give us courage? And I know you're a veteran, so maybe I'm asking the wrong guy because it's not going to be a yeah. problem for you. But why doesn't that? Why doesn't the, the why doesn't the righteousness of our cause give us courage? I think it is because, like I said, it has been the left really does want to they want to define people. And so there's a lot of people on the right that are so afraid that they're going to be called one of these shutdown names that the left says that they cannot speak openly and honestly. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's really funny that you brought up all of the, the, the grooming stuff that's coming up in schools with the alphabet soup and the LGBT and the 100 genders and all that other stuff. We had them on their heels, the OK groomer thing, when we started calling these people groomers because that is exactly what they were doing that's when you realize that we were really making headway because they were afraid. Mm -hmm. They were really taken aback by that. And so then you get all the little op-eds about why calling people groomers was offensive and all of those different things. So why people on the right and why conservatives did not just keep on going with that line of attack, I have no idea. When we have an effective line of attack and when it starts working, it's like we pull back. And I can even say this. Even when Republicans have every lever of power in American society, as we did in 2016, there's still not much that gets done. So like I said, it's either the left is in power physically or the left is not in power, but they're still in power because they have the right to afraid to make moves. Speaking with Rob Smith of Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Rob, you mentioned just a couple minutes ago that the right doesn't use it, that we don't use power, and it's against our nature, right? I'm, I'm a live and let live guy. I don't give a crap what my neighbor's doing, right? Leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. That's, that's our, that's our right. nature. That's why we're on the right. But don't we have to get more comfortable using power to stand a chance? We have to. We have to. And what we need to start doing is we need to start electing leaders and we need to start putting people in power, like I said, that are not afraid to use this power, that do not back down to a couple of, you know, mean op-eds from the Huffington Post or NBC News or, you know, the shaking of a head from some uh, CNN anchor and say, this is what we're going to do. I mean, think back to what Democrats 
did. Remember, just a few months ago, the, the like so many of these things happen and then they just move on like they never happened. They literally erected a wall around the Capitol. <laughs> they sent tens of thousands of National Guard troops to Washington, D.C. And if that was not a move to solidify power, if that was not a move to sort of crush any dissent, I don't know what is. When Democrats get power, they wield it. When Republicans get power, they're afraid to wield it. So we need a new generation, and I don't want to hear about people that are just claiming that they're fighting for you and pulling stunts on social media to raise more money. There need to be people that are in charge, that have power, that are wielding it in order to protect our values and in order to protect this country. Rob Smith of Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Hey, Rob, where where can people find the show, by the way? Uh, they can find the show anywhere podcasts are found. You got me on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Finally, what are you having for dinner tonight, Rob? What am I having for dinner? It's a clean eating day for me, so it's going to be some salmon oh. and uh, spinach and mushrooms. Oh, that sounds so bland and flavorless. Get a double cheeseburger, Rob. No, man. Beef season's coming up, man. I got to work on the six pack. (laughs) Rob Smith, thank you, my man. I appreciate you. All right, man, Jesse. Take care. Look, it's an excellent... It's an excellent point he brings up, mainly because it's one I've brought up, Chris. (laughs) In all seriousness, we... We're afraid to use power because the nature of what we believe is small government, right? Limited government. That's what you believe. That's what I believe. And we're right. It's not like we're wrong. It's not like we're stupid. But we can't do that anymore. We don't have any other cultural pillars. When we gain a cultural pillar, like they've done in Florida, when you gain control of the state government, we have to use it. All right. Remember, you can email the show anything you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for, for Friday. All are welcome to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can download the whole show if you missed any part of it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. What, Chris? And leave a review talking about how handsome I am. All right. We still have a lot more for you. Before we get to that, let's talk just for a second about these protests. And you see these people out in front of people's homes. And you've seen all the Black Lives Matter stuff. And Can you protect yourself? Are you sure if you get your vehicle surrounded by an angry mob of communists, are you sure you have something that will allow you to protect yourself? Get yourself a hero gun. It is a non-lethal gun. I'll be honest, I keep one by my bed and I keep one in my vehicle. You should do the same for yourself, your spouse, your child. Have one of these around. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. When they hit, it hurts. And then the chemical pepper cloud comes and your toast does not require a concealed carry permit. Anyone can use it. Just takes a couple minutes. Has a laser sight on it. Point and squeeze. It's that easy. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE because that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com, code Jesse, all right? State restrictions may apply. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? 
Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is the final segment of this hour on the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't panic. Don't panic. We have we have we have a whole other hour left. I have tons of great emails. Somebody somebody wants to know how much time should a dude take off work for parental leave. We're gonna get to all that. I have to get to the new White House press secretary and more in just a second. But I want to answer this guy's question. The guy had a question. He said, "I don't understand why they're so dedicated to abortion. Why is this? Why is this the line they draw in the sand?" And what I just explained, in case you missed it, was. One, you have to understand they are anti-humans. They've murdered so many people in a relatively short amount of time because they are anti-humans. They believe humanity in general is evil and wrong. It has to be ripped up and remade. And look, if you're going to rip up and remake humanity, you're going to kill a lot of human beings on the way. They'll kill a million babies or to be specific, 60 million and they'll still be completely convinced they're the good guys and you're the bad guys for trying to stop them as why as as far as you why is this where they draw the line in the sand i want to get to this part it's not that they're drawing the line in the sand right now it's that they manage to manipulate your good graces by using your values against you And the way they do this is with virtually every issue. Doesn't matter what it is. They freak out at the slightest amount of pushback. At even just a minuscule amount of pushback from the right at all. And the communists freak out as if you're taking everything away from them. And they do this for two reasons. One, it works on your values. Because when, look, if you, if you right now, if you saw a toddler in your neighborhood, maybe a two-year-old boy, maybe he ran away from his mom. She's down, she's down at the other end of the sidewalk. She's like, hey, Aiden, come back, Aiden. Because that's undoubtedly what she'd be, what she'd be yelling. And you see him run up to your flowers And you love these flowers. You take time with your front yard. Maybe you're one of these people. You got that green thumb thing going. I'm not, but maybe you are. Maybe you got that green green thumb thing going. And you you love these flowers. And this toddler runs up to your flowers and starts tearing them to shreds. And you run over to him. You know, mom's on the way, but she's a ways away. And he's tearing your beloved flowers apart. And you say, hey, uh... Hey, uh, little Aiden, uh, buddy, could you, do you mind not tearing up my flowers? I love them. And he loses his mind. He starts screaming bloody murder, throwing himself on the ground, saying something like, she hit me. He hit me. Making a racket. The neighbors are starting to look. You, because you have values, you probably have some amount of shame. You don't want to be thought of as some weirdo or some person who hurts kids. Even though you love your flowers, you'll probably back off and just say, hey, all right, whatever. It's just rip up the flowers. Maybe you talk to his mom about them later. I've brought the, I've used this example before, and it's true. You've seen it. I know you've seen it. Dude out in public, in a restaurant, maybe on the subway, maybe on an airplane. 
you've seen a dude getting chewed out by his wife or girlfriend and she's getting loud and she's making a scene. Maybe she had one too many. Who knows? But it's a, yeah, I don't like you. And you, why'd you look at her that way? I'm, and she's getting loud and you just want to sit down and enjoy your red lobster and she's losing her mind. And what's he do? What's he do? She might be wrong, but what, what's he do every single time? Hey, hey, but it's okay, honey. Just calm. It's all right. Just calm down. Hey, sweetie. All right. You know, let's just go. Where I, I want to go. I want to go. Well, why? I mean, she's the one making a scene. Whether he's right or wrong, she's the one making a scene. That's the wrong thing to do. It's rude to other people. So why won't he elevate his voice and speak up? Well, because he has values in that moment. And in that moment, she does not. And she knows she can use his values against him. They ramp everything up because they understand you want to live in a calm, polite society, an orderly society. And if they freak out, if they lose their minds at even the slightest amount of pushback, they know at some point in time, you're probably going to say, you know, You know, just forget it. Oh, hey, 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 forget it. Hey, hey, you know what? You can have Roe. Don't, don't burn any more courthouses down. You can have Roe. They have learned the kind, oftentimes Christian-based right in the United States of America tends to want to live peacefully and quietly. Those are your values. Whether your values are Christian values or not, you your values, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, there's about a 99% chance that you want to live peacefully, quietly. You want to live and let live. You want to be left alone. You, look, you don't want to invade in your neighbor's yard. You don't want him to invade in yours. You just want to go about your business, go to work, drive a forklift, go into the doctor's office, teach your students, raise your kids, whatever you do for a living. You want to do that, have a nice meal, a little barbecue on the weekends, and just live your life. And they know if they can disrupt that, if they can cause chaos to that, you will want to give them something back if they'll just leave you be. Tear up the flowers, Aiden. Look, Aiden, just, okay, fine, Aiden. Tear up the flowers. I'm sorry. Please stop screaming. Just... Stop, stop yelling. Everyone's looking. Aiden, everyone's looking. And there is another part of this. Second part. American communists are soft. Yes, they like to use your values against you. But remember, American communists are soft because American communists are surrounded by only their values. When the American communist turns on the television, watches a movie, listens to a song, When he goes to school, whether it be grade school or college, when he turns on the news at night, the American communist, when he goes to corporations, when he watches their commercials, the American communist only sees his values. He goes through his life without ever having to encounter your values at all. So when he finally experiences them to him, they are violence. Speaking of toddlers, you ever seen the spoiled brat kid whose parents give him everything he wants all the time? Oh, sure, Billy. Oh, here's a candy bar. Oh, oh, you're mad you only got one. Here's two for dessert. Oh, sure, Billy. Here's a brand new Xbox. Oh, you're 15 years old. Oh, here's a brand new BMW. Oh, whatever you want, Billy. Whatever you want. And then 
you ever see him finally get told no? Either finally by the parents or maybe a coach or something like that. He loses his mind. That's because he's soft. He can't handle it. He can't deal with it. The American communist, when's the last time he heard no? He never hears no. So he freaks out like a spoiled child. Now, that's, that's enough ugliness for a second. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and then get to some more emails. Bill Gates is creepy. But let's talk to, about Tunnel to Towers and what they ask. They ask for $11 a month. $11 a month. What do they do with it? Well, they do exactly what they tell you they're going to do. They build homes. Right now, they're building homes for Gold Star Widows. They pay off mortgages for Gold Star Widows. They build homes for catastrophically injured veterans. They even get tiny homes for our homeless veterans. And you can go look up the charity ratings. The money goes exactly where they say it's going to go. They ask for $11 a month. Go to T, the number two, T.org and give $11 a month. T2T.org. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.